0: Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. It is a brand new Flyers Daily, a Monday edition after the Flyers coming off not one but two weekend overtime losses 2 1 in Vegas on Friday and 5 4 in Arizona last night. To break that down, to look at the week that was, the week that will be, and in fine detail for PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, it is Bill Meltzer. Bill, it's um, it's certainly been an eventful week of hockey, and certainly the game against Arizona was a high event game of hockey. But the result, and we're taping this obviously after the game, still stings, even though this season's not predicated on results for a lot of.
1: No, it, it's not. But you know, you you want to see the team when they when they have winnable games in front of them, right? They they've they've really struggled to finish those out. So many games have entered the third period tied. You know, the, the, the win a period, win a game territory. They're and one when you eleven in those games, one and eleven in those games, yeah, games Bill, Oof. precisely. And and Oof. now zero and seven in games decided past regulation, and zero and six in overtime. So that's uh, you know, you only at least pick a few of those off. Well, you know, wherever you finish, you finish. Part of the whole thing is, you know, I, and I understand people want the lottery pick, right? If you're as if you're as bad as people think. That's going to work itself out anyway when you have when you have a winnable game in front of you yeah. win the damn thing
0: you know yeah you're but absolutely right i mean it's, absolutely right I mean, it's it's crazy crazy that that there's almost bad. like you're inventing there's new ways to lose Be, before ways to read to some lose. details from that Be, game were, you, were shocked you shocked to see that carter hart started that game, started that game? i thought that
1: was a prime yeah when i wrote my game preview today i i wasn't hard to read between the lines i really i really thought going in that was yeah. You know, 15 days yeah. since his last start. Hart had never started seven in a row. You know, nothing about the way Hart had been playing coming in. It was just – just made sense that this this is a game to, you know, to get the other goalie in. Um, what does it tell you, What does it tell you, though, though? Does it tell you angling for a win? really here? angling for a win? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, for sure, that's playing the win. Um, you know, I mean, Hart has some breakaways, and, and you can't blame him on those. A, a broken play. I don't think Carter would tell you it was his best game. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the – and, I mean, Keller just has a great shot. But the the one that won in overtime, I don't know. I want to save there. I it, think it was deflected reflect. up. Was it? I think, yeah, York got his stick
0: in there. And there, there's – I went back and looked at it several times, and I can't say for sure, but my tell is on two things. Is, A, that the glove firmly comes down right on top of the pad to make the save and it beats him high that's number one because anytime the glove continues to go down the track was it was going to be down before it went up and then the other part of it is the head as soon as, as soon as it went in he's like damn it went up <laughs> you know so i think he may have gotten a stick in there and because def-
1: the stick was angled too right 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 yeah that, that, that's, that's still sorry. i, I mean, want to really, save there <laughs> yeah yeah i mean with, with the game on the line there from, from where where we shot from i really yeah. like a save um you know, listen. The whole thing starts with just a uh, just I, you never willingly give up possession overtime. Mm-hmm. And you know, to to give up possession where they gave it up and they never got the puck back again. Yeah. You know, they they controlled possession pretty much all of OT. You know, if you if you have a change of possession overtime, it's because a rebound comes out or you know, or a shot is blocked or something. But to willingly give up possession, just just constantly, you know, OT is not really about defense anyway it's really about puck possession so it's All uh about puck yeah possession. so it's it's, uh, it's just a brutal way to lose <laughs> you
0: know it, it's it's the one thing too the, the reason why i was really angry friday with the vegas loss in overtime is because i thought hayes f- tried to force a play again in overtime it's the second time this year It was really critical of him the first time he did it because you don't force passes. If you have nothing on the rush, especially when it's equal numbers, three against three or two against two, there's no sense in in that situation, you pull it out and recoil and go back in because if you force it and it goes the other way, there's no chance you're going to back check your way out of the hell that you just put yourself into. And that's twice this year that he's fallen victim to forcing that pass on a
1: flank um, in that situation. There was another OT loss where, where, hazy, and I, I understand. You know, you're you're tired. No, he didn't back check on one of those two. Yeah. So, so three of the overtime losses are two turnovers and one where he just and maybe maybe they score anyway. But one where I, I thought the back check was was lacking, yeah. and you know, in that three on three, just you know, skate like hell and just you, you play you play for that second because it can be over in a second.
0: Yeah, you're not playing for your next shift because you're right you could be in the locker room. There is no next shift. Um, Bill, one of the things, and I got this DM from a guy right after the game, Paul Derlunas, and he DM'd me and he said, please explain to me why Torts would send out 2D and a forward for overtime. He said, I understand Provy and Sandheim, but uh, with the night that JVR had and tip, why not just go for it and throw three forwards out? Maybe someone responsible like Lots on a team that is struggling to finish. I don't understand the thought process. Now, I, my response to him was real simple. I said, I get it, but they did it in the last two games and they carried the play for the entirety of the OT, but found a way to lose in both of them. I said, I prefer three forwards to one, D in, uh, one forward and 2D all day long, uh, but nothing has worked. I don't love the 2D. It has garnered them more possession, but if it's not going to score you goals, it doesn't matter much. Even though Cam York had a, a glorious chance out of the corner, with some just you see his elite skating ability, but still I'm just not in favor of the 2D. I think this is torch just trying anything.
1: Yeah, try try. I mean because so many overtimes this year have been have been over pretty quickly actually, mm-hmm. or they they never they never they never touch the puck. So I, it's to simplify things and you know you have more chance of killing a play and you're and, and listen you do have. Both, both San. I mean, Sanheim loves to jump up on the play, and he's been really good offensively the, mm-hmm. in recent games. So he's he's almost like having a second forward a little bit when, he, when he's up the ice. But I, I I'm not a I'm not a fan of it. You know, particularly in a in an interconference game, just 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 go for it. I I would rather see the three forwards too. And if you end up with a forward back on defense, which is never what you want, but you know you're you're going for a bonus point anyway. To me, you have a better better chance at it if you, if you do have the three forwards so I, I see the logic there um but yeah it's it sort just trying something because nothing has worked yeah and I mean, um, everything they do to generate sure. offense yeah I mean
0: everything they do to generate offense has been has been met with very underwhelming results I mean even though they score four goals in this game against Arizona still they're the they're scoring the least amount of goals per game in the NHL. And only one way for that to get better this season, Bill. It's not going to be a trade. There's not going to be a Conor mcdavid waltzing through the door. Um, It's going to have to be young players. And one of the things that we've talked about quite a bit on Mondays with you and and throughout all the episodes here is about seeing young players take steps. And I know Morgan Frost has had quite a few opportunities. He wasn't finishing them, uh, but... Last night's game against Arizona could be a turning point for him, provided, you know, he's able to sustain a high level of play and also be willing to incur some aggressiveness along with some risk because you saw a four-point game, a goal and three assists, and I thought once he knew he was rolling in the game, there was a whole different look to the way he moved
1: on the ice. Yeah, yeah, it was was the confidence. I, I don't know how many times we've talked about this. And coaches have talked about it. Uh, you know, I, 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 I had a talk, uh, you know, on the record a little while ago with uh, Kerry Huffman, former former Phantom's assistant. He said, you know, with Morgan, the number one thing he needs is just a dose of self belief. And, and you know, once he stops worrying so much and just relaxes and plays, he becomes a different player. And I, I think you saw this in the the Arizona game. It's one game against a, a team that kind of struggles on its own right to keep the puck out of the net. I'm not, I'm reading too much into one game, but if you go back to the Vegas game, you know, and, and uh, on that game, Zach McEwen was on that line. They could have, they could have a 3.4 point, point game in Vegas. Um, You know, unfortunately, unfortunately McEwen just couldn't finish anything. Um And the, I don't, you know, and Zach McEwen isn't there to score. And by, by the way, hopefully Zach is okay. Cause he left the third period in last night's game. uh in A lot of discomfort and he's, you know he, he's played well for the Flyers this season. He's he's not a guy you you want to lose in the bottom end of your lineup, and always gives you that that honest day's work. And you know and and so no no so no no you know no no offense to to Zach McHugh and no slight on him, but if you have him up on a scoring line, you you see why he's not a scoring line player. He's a bottom six yeah. guy, even even a fourth line guy. I mean JVR put yep. one on a tee for him that he launched over the net. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he had two of them. There was there was the one yeah. where. It was JVR did did all the setup work, and then there was an almost tic tac toe play, yep. uh, froth to JVR to uh, you know to McEwen and can can score that. And there was another one too, where JVR created that one also, and wasn't able to finish that one off. So you know it's just, that, that's just going to happen sometimes. But anyway, you know they that line was kind of knocking on the door. They put Tippett on there at at that element of speed to the line and kind of th- threaded one through for a tying goal late in that second period. So that's uh you know the, so I mean that that, that line potentially there's there's a lot of skill in that line you know um, Tippett brings an element of speed to it so I mean uh, it, the but I think Frost has been knocking on the door for a while just with mm-hmm. no payoff and and he got the payoff and but one thing that they did that whole that whole line really did well in this game was they're able to string shifts together I think a valid criticism of Frost uh, and I've sent I've sent people who you know. Not sheer number of scoring chances he's had breakaways, chances than home plate area, but you know, but they were isolated plays. It was one or two shifts a game where he would really do something that jumped out. In this game, he was making play after play after play that that set up on the tying goal to uh, to connecting, which is not a play you make if you're lacking confidence, you know, and the little spin move that he made on that the resulted ultimately in, in Tippett's goal, not not a play you make if you're lacking confidence. So it was just like He got a couple, he had the two on O, but you know, even more than the two on O and this is something he's done. Well, he's done well really all year. He has a ton of takeaways this year. I don't think people realize that, that.
0: He starts that whole play and the turnover at the Arizona blue line to get the two on O he pressures, the puck carrier coming out of the zone. I forget who it was, but yeah. 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 I thought he was excellent in the game too, Bill. And. I, I loved the way the line was just always in motion in the offensive, crossing and circling and cycling. And I see three guys, and you know JVR with a four-point game too. I mean, he ends up with a goal and three assists in the game. And it, it, it was great to see. And we're going to be looking for more of that so we can feel a lot better about what's going on this season. And let's talk about the other guy. Because, Bill, I didn't expect Cam York to be called up when he was. You know, I, I think the timeline was probably a little later in the season, 50 game mark, where maybe he would get a look. This is a little earlier. Maybe it's out of necessity because maybe Zamula looked a, a little overwhelmed in a couple of his last games out there, coupled with the fact that D'Angelo's banged up and was a kind of healthy scratch, but was not a healthy scratch last night because he was dealing with a family issue. So you bring York back in, you try and drive some offense. And the way I look at this bill is first, the first way I look at it is. This is a ripe opportunity for Cam York that he's got sitting right in front of him to go, I'm never going back. And in the first two games that he's played so far this year with the Flyers, I think he's making a case for himself. And he's off to a good start to, to, to make that the case.
1: For, for sure. I, I think his play in his own has been really good so far. You know, Stating I, up I at the I, blue line too, denying yeah. entries. Yeah. he's been he's been noticeably more more aggressive mm. in challenging entries, and um, just his confidence under some forechecking pressure. You know, he he there's there's no panic. I mean, one of the things he was always known for was his poise. Now now you're starting to see some of that poise in his game, and it's two games right, but there but, yeah, but but you saw seeing... the play in
0: the Vegas game, Bill, where he's getting the pressure coming on and he just curls
1: board side. And, and It just makes just, a nice just, play yeah, out. Yeah, just going to mention that, yeah, okay. mention right. that very point, and that's uh, that's the kind of thing. You know, that's the kind of thing, and, and it, it just takes it takes time to get players there. You know, it's it's the rare guy. It's like the, the Cal Car, the rarest of the rare guys. It just come in doing that. You know, mm-hmm. it, most guys need some time to get there. Um, one one thing that that I find interesting moving forward because they're not going to go. They're not going to go very long without D'Angelo in the lineup. I don't know if D'Angelo is the right partner for York. Even though one is left and one is right. So, what, what do you do at that point? Do you do you move D'Angelo up to play with Sanheim on the right side? I'm not sure.
0: Does D'Angelo go back to the top pair, or do you leave Ristaline in there?
1: Well, I mean, Ristolainen, uh, some the best misadventures, yeah misadventures tonight notwithstanding, had yeah. been playing had been playing considerably better hockey. So. You know they, they didn't they didn't want to go they don't want to go back to playing the sheer number of minutes they were playing D'Angelo uh, previously. He can't. No, he he can't. He, he, he I mean all, only only Provorov who's just a, a you know a, a genetic freak yeah. can uh, you know, and then obviously keeps himself in phenomenal shape. I mean one one thing is that Kristalinen isn't you know is similar kind of shape that that's one that's one thing. He, he you know he'll take all the minutes you give him and he won't wear down from him. but. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's a I lo- I don't think we're still lining with Provorov. It's a long-term solution. I think. I think we saw enough over the years that he's not a, really a top pairing guy. I don't. I don't know if DiAngelo is really a top pairing guy. I mean, yeah. You know, so I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. That, yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. He's not. Uh, there's many things as Provorov does well, and it's no offense to him. I mean, Slavin is just such a phenomenal, just a no. You know, yeah. two-way defenseman. And, and I mean, he, you could hardly ask for a better partner in the game. Um, you know, it, it, it's high levels. Provorov can play at. I, I mean, uh, Slavin is Slavin is one of the one of the best in the league in, yeah. in terms of two way presence. So you know, no. But I'm but I'm wondering. You know, I mean, because you you want to keep you want to keep rolling with York. Um, Absolutely. So I mean, Sealer defends well, and and uh, you know, he he's a nice partner to have there in the third pair. But when D'Angelo gets back out there. I mean they, they could try D'Angelo with sandheim and and see if that works although the way sandheim is rolling right now and and joining the rush I don't know if I'd, you know i I want somebody back as a safety valve for him yeah. so you know so i I don't know i I don't know I don't know what what shape that's gonna take I don't know if Torts knows that yet
0: yeah i i I agree with you I don't know that he does know that the thing is with sandheim I mentioned this during the radio broadcast of the Arizona game after the second period that sandheim had two, I believe, in the second period, one in the first period, activations in the offensive zone. And the one came on a scoring chance where Lawton spins it, a backhand pass from down below the goal line, and Sanheim gets a relatively good scoring chance on it. He starts the whole play with a four check getting in on the left side, and hems it in, but he doesn't just retreat to his blue line right away. What he does is he reads the play, reads it's going to go down low, that makes himself that option there, where Lawton eventually gets that backhand pass to him, and to me, that's that internal meter saying, yeah. okay, do I have to go back and play D now? Or is are we still in good enough shape where I'm not abandoning my position, but I'm creating a positive option that that risk outweighs me retreating at this time? And he did, I, th- I thought he had three of those total in the game. And that looks a lot more like Travis Sanheim from a year ago, not just the activating and getting up in the zone yeah. and on the rush, but also on possessions inside the zone.
1: Yeah, for for sure, for sure. And the other, the other thing, he's doing really, really well. I mean, he's been making some terrific breakout passes. Big part of the reason why players are getting up ice so well. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's passing the puck with a lot of confidence right now too. So he's he's put together a whole a stretch of good games. Um, you know, one of the, uh, the one of the. The, the pros and the cons when you have that, that kind of roving defenseman is he has to have, you know, sometimes it can be hard to match the right partner to him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I think when you take all the pros and the cons together, I, I think, I think you come out on the positive side more often than not with D'Angelo. And, and I'd like to see him back out there, you know, as, as soon as possible. But, uh, you know, the, but the, the, there's, there's going to be that give and take with him. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, when you when you look at where the Flyers are having a lot of periods lately, where they're they're taking teams and not just not just Arizona tonight because they had a 10-minute stretch in tonight's game where they held them without a shot. They, they've they've held some good teams, you know, some really good teams without shot for ex- extended periods of time. And part of it is yeah, it's defense and and taking away the middle of the ice and a you know, good stick position and. And uh, you're not, 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 not panicking, keeping keeping play the perimeter and, and whatever. But a lot of it's because they're spending a lot more time attacking, too. Yeah.
0: That, that's a huge difference. You know, the weird thing, Bill, is, you know, our conversation here tonight, you would never think that since November 10th, the team has a record of 2-10-4. They're no. doing some really good things. And the play has improved and structure has improved. The problem is is that their flaw is, is most often fatal in every game, that inability to score. So over their last 16 games, they have a record of 2-10-4, not desirable by any stretch. They've given up 62 goals in that period of time. They've only scored 33 goals. And like, I, I don't want people to listen and think, oh, they think everything's good. It's not. I mean, you obviously need high-end talent, and you need a lot more. But this is a weird question to ask. Are they playing better than they thought they were capable of at this point, all things considered, with who's in and out of the lineup?
1: Well, I, I also think some of it's coincided with starting to get some people back, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, they sort of have Atkinson back, and it's going to be quite a, quite a while on Couturier. But I, I think that that's certainly, you know, like like JVR coming back, has definitely made a difference. Yeah. And, and you know, Lawton and coming and back that, has made a huge difference. Law, and Lawton coming back has definitely made a difference. Um, just just, in, just, some details of the game and, and just, you know, and, and working, working with the lines that they have. So, you know, and, and no offense to a guy like Max Wilman, but come on, there, there's a big difference between having Max Wilman in your lineup and having a Lawton or a JVR in your lineup. And the, the, prob- the problem is, is when you don't have the real, real top-end guys – you know you they, they you can have one or two guys that that are you know you, you play them seven eight minutes whatever they, they play with energy they, they can help you but you have you have enough guys in the lineup who can help in in, in a variety of ways but they're not gonna help you scoring you know uh, I mean I, I don't think I don't think Nick Deloreate could be doing anymore to turn earn his paycheck for what his role is yeah. um, just just the physical element he brings. The way he battles for pucks in the walls, all, all those things. I'm not just dropping the glove. I, I think he's been a nice signing, and he. I think he's a better hockey player than I gave him gave, gave him credit for. Actually, smart smarter player than I thought he was. Um, but yeah, Deloria's not going to score for you, and and McEwen is not going to score more than the occasional goal here or there for you. And you know Sedlak, who's been a real nice addition, but he's not. You know, he's not a scorer. He's he's, he's a bottom six guy. Yeah, and you know, and and so. You really need those young guys scoring with regularity, not just not just you know one big game, but you need some regular regular scoring, and they, they have to get Farabee going again. You know, there's there's a lot of things, but those those guys who you're relying on being part of that scoring by committee, the you know, last game aside, aren't scoring. So you know you you turn a puck over, it ends up in your net, and all of a sudden, you know all of a sudden it feels like a mountain to climb, and and their tendency to their tendency which they've had. You know, the over like a bad five minute stretcher here or there, where all of a sudden now it's two goals against. Yeah. You know, so that that that's that's been a killer to them. Um, then this past game, you know, two breakaway goals, and you can talk about bounces of the puck, but uh, you know those. I mean, those will kill you. You get a shot blocked, you get a shot blocked at one end, and it ends up in the net at the other. You know, that's uh, that's tough. That's tough on a team that has, that has issues scoring. And yes, they, yes, they had four goals in the last game, but, but most nights it's one or two.
0: Yeah. It, it's amazing. And you're right. The breakaway, like connecting is the ends up being the high point, man, when that puck goes the yeah. other way and you're just, you're just not going to catch a guy in that situation. It's just not going to happen. Um, Bill, in yesterday's episode, you know, we've talked a lot about, and we've done this with ask Billy questions. And we're trying to find out. You hear say it all the time: find out who's who, who's part of the future, who's not. You know what pieces are we going to move forward with long term? And I think there's a question mark, and in some instances, many question marks next to guys' names. Still at 28, 29 games in, whatever they are at this point. But there's one guy to me that doesn't have a question mark. And again, no one's untouchable. But the one guy, and I don't, and I don't care what he does the remainder of this season and maybe he's not coming off his best game against Arizona last night, but I have no question mark about Carter Hart being a cornerstone of this team moving Mm. forward. Because, you know, Torts talks a lot about guys doing it when the games matter. And in the beginning of a season, the games matter because everybody's in it, trying to position themselves up to American Thanksgiving. And even though Hart's given up some odd goals, some bad goals, the way he's battled and evolved his game mentally – In game, mentally off the ice, mentally on the ice, and physically on the ice. I see a lot of changes in his approach and his demeanor in the net, too. A lot quicker to go to desperation. He's added a double seal into his repertoire. And there's a lot of things that I look at and I go, you know what, this guy's a cornerstone. Again, I'm not looking to trade him. Nobody's untradeable, but to me, he is the only guy at this point that I'm going lock, stock, and barrel. He's part of it.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, it's the Flyers have waited so long to have to have a goalie of that caliber. I mean, if, if you if you're giving them up, you better be getting a lot.
0: You better be getting a you know? dry cycle.
1: Yeah, well, that's just, yeah, which you, which you're not getting. So it's Thank you goodness. know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be very very reluctant, and, and I think sometimes it's why it's why goalies, even goalie stats, I I just, I just find. There's not a perfect goalie stat, you know, even the saves, you know, saves above expected or whatever. So much is situational. You know, I I say that so much that's
0: not calculated into that game. Goal saved above expectation.
1: No, no, no question. You know, you give up a couple of backdoor goals that a goalie has no chance at. Now he has to be really aware of the backdoor goal. So he's more likely to come off the post a little bit early. And now then all of a sudden the short side goal sneaks in. It's yeah. just it does it, one thing just builds on a you know within a game and over a number of games too, yeah. and history
0: uh, history has no stat.
1: No, no, it is it, exactly right. And you know people are going oh well hard and you know this is the kind of game that beats up a save percentage. Yeah, so they're going to go, hard save percentage. and it will probably be down to nine zero something after after tonight's game. Oh uh, look 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 at how his save percentage is falling off a cliff. Well, you know it, it, that that's, that doesn't really tell you what the games have been like and. I still have a I still have a ton of confidence in Carter. So much so that uh, you know you you expect him to come up with it, in, and not not to you go. Know, you need you know there are situations like I said you need you need a save there in that situation, Just because you expect him to come up with it. Yeah, you know like the Vegas that, that, game, the, I was astonished
0: yeah. at the at the saves he was making in that game.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. He was he was
0: really locked in in that game yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean the save he makes on with that glove the glove save on Kessel was unbelievable, and such confidence in the way he made it. You know. That, that's the one thing that I just don't have a question mark on going forward. And, I, I mean, at this point, does Torts have to play Sandstrom on Tuesday against Colorado? I mean, you don't want to run this guy into the ground. you still got to see what Sandstrom is. But, like we talked about in the beginning, the team's dying for a win just because Torts wants the guys to feel good. Yeah. And it's not about winning to, to push towards the playoffs. It's about winning for just... Coaching the mind, and yeah. I get a sense that he doesn't have a ton of confidence in the
1: backup goaltender right now. Well, you know, he, he was—I mean, he wasn't very good in the in the Islanders game. He had some good, he had some good starts. The one thing I, I would say in, in Sanchum's games this year, he's had a little bit of that the one bad goal game tendency, and, and, and then so, some. Sometimes, it. yeah, sometimes it's been the timing too of of mm-hmm. the of the shot that's not an easy one, but not an unstoppable yeah. one getting past them hart hasn't had a lot of those in bad situations most of the most of the time when you really need a save you know and something gets in it, it's one he doesn't really have much chance on you know and i i think that i think that's a little bit i mean coach coaches see that and, and Dillabaugh sees that too but but in fairness to sandstrom he's mostly had the starts on the end of back-to-back games he could go stretches without playing i mean you can take all the reps you want in practice, take all the shots you want. So now at the soonest, it'll be 17 game, 17 days since his last game. Yeah, uh, that, That's tough. That, that, that's a hard ask. Yeah. So. I was
0: talking to uh, Franz Jean, who's the goaltending coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning when they were in town. And I always, I always end up finding myself on an elevator with Franz, <laughs> which is great because I love to pick his brain about Vassie. But I was talking to him about Brian Elliott who's obviously the backup there, and is and a longtime NHL goaltender. Been there, done that, starter, road teams in the playoff, the whole thing. And was just talking about that backup role and what it's like with a guy like Vasilevsky, who plays all the time, yeah. and how that's such a hard thing to do. But he said, like, I mean, they had Michael Hutchinson there. They had some grizzled veteran guys. They know that they have to have a guy as his backup that knows he was successful at the NHL level. Because if you're going to play every three weeks, you can't just rely on, I think I'm an NHL goalie. You have to know that you've been an NHL goalie. And that's yeah. part of the issue maybe with
1: Sandstrom a little bit. I, I, I think so. I mean, he only has one win so far. Yeah. Between last year and this year. and I mean, the poor guy's had no, no goal support either. Yeah, you know, like the like the loss to San Jose, like mm-hmm. the Flyers got shut out in that game. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I think a goalie has to have a. I mean, he did have. I guess he had a, one stretch this year where he had a, a couple of starts in close succession. Yeah. But um, yeah. But I. But so far, it, it, it's that catch twenty-two, right? He he hasn't shown what you need to see to play more often, but he needs to play more often to show it.
0: the chicken or the egg. Yeah. (laughs) The the goalie version. Um, Awesome stuff as always, Bill. Busy week coming up. Colorado Tuesday. Jersey on Thursday. And then back at the Wells Fargo Center, we'll see the Rangers coming up on Saturday night uh, back home. Only two more home games the remainder of this calendar year, which is hard to believe as well. Uh, But read Bill's stuff. PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers Colorado Avalanche on a brand-new edition of Flyers Day.
1: I